Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for coming back to another episode of our women's empowerment mini series here on the edge of fear podcast. I absolutely loved this episode with my guest, Sarah Chizak. We talk about the magnetism and the radiance that a woman is able to create when she is living the life that she conjured up, when we allow our own pleasure and our own desire to become a priority and to guide us and to compass us into that life that we conjure up, into that life that we want to live, how that creates this manifestation and this magnetic attraction to all of the things that we want and that we are worthy of um, just by doing that work and really connecting with our own deeper needs and our feelings and how it helps us to get crystal clear on what our desire is um, and on loving ourselves uh, and how that brings into our life and into our world the things that we want. Um, We talk about you know, having a relationship with our darker emotions, the emotions that society deems unacceptable and learning to embrace it. And then eventually she gives us some of the tools, I guess a look into the tools on how to transmute the grief into a goodness uh, and to really connect with those emotions on a deeper level. So I love this episode. I hope you love it as much as I do. Be sure to rate and review, subscribe if you haven't already. Follow Sarah at the Sarah Chiswick on Instagram or find her on her website www.sarahchiswick.com and Make sure you share this episode and tag us on Instagram on your story if you love it. And I will see you on the other side. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast, hosted by Liz Basil Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Alrighty, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. We are in our Women's Empowerment mini-series season, and I am so excited for this guest whom I connected with through the Almost 30 podcast uh, Facebook page that I reference here all the time. Uh, It connects me to really awesome women, some who I've had on the guests and some who I just communicate with there for their opinions and things like that. But Sarah had a really incredible story that I was immediately drawn to. And it was right at the beginning of this, um, this kind of feeling, this nudge that I was getting from the universe to do this women's empowerment series. And she really like impacted me just through this little social media post. And it's, it's so incredible, kind of the ripple effect of, of our actions. And Sarah, you just inspired me so much. So I'm so excited to have you here as a guest. Um, and I can't wait to share your story with listeners. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm so excited to be here too. Thank you so much, Liz. Uh, my name is Sarah Chizik, and I am a grief and sensuality coach. Um, I help women reconnect to their pleasure by moving through blockages and resistances and shifting all of those raw emotions around grief into a life that really lights you up and turns you on and um, brings pleasure into your life. And it wasn't always that way. Um, my story starts when I was four and I lost my dad to cancer. And 
um, much into my adult life, like far into my 20s, I was really lost and I was really disconnected from my emotions. Um, anyone who knew me at the time probably I seemingly had it all together. I had a real classic case of like that good girl syndrome, nice girl syndrome, where I had done everything kind of that I thought I should do in life. I had the fancy corporate job at Amazon where I got promoted and kind of half the time of like any person, um, average person um, at the company. And I um, had, you know, sustain myself on my own. I was financially independent. I had awesome friends and lived a really fun and exciting life, but I was just feeling so disconnected from my emotions. And it feels like a world away that that life was only three years ago. So I'm really excited to be on this podcast today and kind of show how, how that all came to be and what that transformational story was behind where I am now. I love that. And it is so relatable on so many levels. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, sometimes things feel like they're so good or they look like they're so good and they, they look like they're supposed to feel so good. And it, you, you almost feel guilty that you're like going through this like internal struggle and this conflict within and there's so much doubt in the outside world of people being like, but you're making all this money, but you're in this relationship, but look how good you look. How could you have problems with your body? How could you have problems in, you know, like, but your internal struggle and what you're going through inside isn't always represented on the outside and people can't see that. And so to go through that, you know, to go through the work and to have this transformation when things appear good and to not have hit rock bottom, but to like be at a place where you're just struggling and you know something's going on, especially around that, you know, 28 Saturn return freaking age <laughs> when we are going, like we are all so drawn to this, like what is life, this existential, you know, moment of life. It's, it's really powerful to see women especially that's why i'm doing this series but to see anybody step into their power and really embrace their struggle and make it you know their greatest obstacle and the greatest thing to overcome um so thank you so much for sharing that introduction to your story i'm so excited to hear more um i guess where do you want to start yeah well i'm so glad you mentioned saturn return because i'll start there so it was right around when I was um, 28, 29, I was living in Seattle and I knew that Seattle wasn't gonna be home for me forever. I had been there for about four years. It was an amazing experience, but I was ready to either come back to the East Coast, New York, um, or move to London. And I actually was trying so hard to move to London through my company, through Amazon. Um, and it's just so interesting because I had such a tumultuous experience trying to push my way to London and I really wasn't listening to my gut. I wasn't listening to any of the inner voices and I definitely wasn't listening to any of the signs that were pointing me to New York at the time. Um, it was almost like comical. So I went over to London and I interviewed for a bunch of jobs. 
I had a bunch of coffee chats that day and I remember feeling so sick because I had drank too much coffee throughout the day having all these <laughs> chats and I was that's like, I felt awful and I felt disconnected from myself. And I was like, oh, this was an awful day. I just didn't show up the way I wanted to show up. And I walk outside and there's a giant billboard. I kid you not, Liz. There's a giant billboard of like New York City. Like, oh, no, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to listen to the signs. Like, I want to move to London. Wearing this obvious sign for me to go. I will not listen. Yes, yes. And a couple weeks later in Seattle, and this woman comes up to me with a giant check, like the style check of the price is right. And this check has my name on it. And it says a five night trip to New York. And I was like, are you kidding me? I didn't even know that I got entered into some internal suite. And here I am with this giant check to New York. And I'm just moving against the grain so much to try and move to London. And the day before I was going to find out if I got this job in London, this amazing woman from our New York office reaches out to me and she says like, Hey, you've come really highly recommended. I have an open job on my, on my team for you. If you want it, the job is yours. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I have just like gone through hell and high water to try and get this London job. And here is New York on a silver platter. And so um, I ended up moving to New York. And uh, that's where I think that I really kind of came into connection with myself. So I started to do the work of John Wineland, who I heard about through the Almost 30 podcast, which is um, like sacred sensuality, polarity, the divine feminine work. Um, and then that led me into Mama Gina's body of work, which is all about pleasure and turn on and like finding power in your pain. Um, and that's when kind of like what you were saying before, I realized how truly out of alignment I had been living because um, I wasn't listening to the internal downloads. I wasn't listening to the pings. And then I just took a moment and I was like, wow, the work that turns me on in life is this body of work, the Mama Gina body of work, the John Wineland body of work, like the divine feminine body of work and nothing in my life reflects that. And so I was just like, uh, what are we going to do about this? <laughs> and um, there was this point when I just realized that I had to rupture this solid foundation that I had built to keep it all together, to bottle up my emotions for my dad's death, to like keep this fancy job on my resume. I just knew that there was like this huge rupture point coming because I was no longer aligned with the life I was living. And frankly, I was pissed about this because it's much easier to kind of stay comfortable where I was. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, but instead I was like, oh, I have to say yes to this and it's going to be so hard. <sighs> so there I was, I was in New York. I was in this job that I felt pretty disempowered in. I mean, the people were amazing and the work was really interesting. Um, as you saw from that post in, in the Almost 30 group, I was leading marketing for Amazon's biggest project to make headline news in 2019. And I was leaving the marketing job for this. Um, it was super intense. And 
I would go to meetings with the CEO of Amazon, with the VPs of Amazon, like pretty regularly because this project was so high profile. And I would literally sneak into the bathroom before the meeting, like 10 minutes before the meeting, I'd put my headphones in, I'd start doing hip circles and like dance and literally like myself to turn myself on to get myself into a place where this work environment wouldn't zap my pleasure. Because you had already connected at that point with that, like you needed to be in this place of passion for your like creativity to shine. Is that yeah, exactly. So I had already jumped into the world of Mama Gina's work and I found myself in a room of a thousand women who were all celebrating going after their true heart's desires. And we were doing that through the form of pleasure and through turn on and through um, literally listening to your own in internal compass of pleasure. I really started to let pleasure um, kind of take responsibility for take the wheel of my life um, it became a priority of mine and um when i say pleasure i even i mean like joy like things that excite me things that made me happy things that felt good to my body so i really learned how to take self-responsibility for my pleasure um and i decided to kind of say yes to the inkling of hope that i had for myself um, for like this story that was bigger than how I was currently living it. And once I started to say yes to my desires, I started to say yes to my future self. Um, even though it absolutely terrified me, there was no going back at this point. And so I was like living these dual lives. There was so much duality where I would like go into the work day, you know, into like our pod, into my desk. And like, um, I worked with great people. And there was also this like kind of humdrum of the workday that I think many people can relate to. And then I'd leave work and I'd get plugged back into this incredible community of women that I have met through these different bodies of work, where we we're all talking about our turn on and what was bringing us so much joy and celebrating the hell out of one another, just like, totally being a stand for each other's highest evolution of our desires, of our, of our pleasure, of a life that really lit us up. And um, it was just wild to be living these two lives at once. And that's how I ended up in the bathroom, literally like dancing and having a total like dance break turn on party for my party of one before I'd go into these meetings that were just you know, really intense and like had, were just uh, laced in like duality of, of the life that I was heading in. Right, the direction right. my life was heading and in. And how incredible to have found a community of, of women, of people who celebrate each other, who support each other, who want to lift one another and to, who want you to be in your most joyful and like flow state and like, you know, this, this sensuality, this passionate place that we only get to when we're doing things that we love or when we're showing up as a version of ourselves that we love and are confident in. And so how powerful 
for you to, you know, take the necessary steps. You had already learned this lesson of like, I need to get into my body. I need to be feeling myself in order to show up for these meetings in whatever kind of a way, but to be able to enjoy this piece of my life also. And, you know, you had the courage to go to the bathroom, to spend those minutes, because that's what it is. It's minutes preparing yourself, right? Like to go in there and, and to listen to the music and to dance and to feel yourself and to do what you have to do to get yourself into like that mind state. Absolutely. Absolutely. And community is so important in that way. Um, and I think that the other critical piece is like these women not only stood for my turn on and my pleasure, but they also stood for me when I was in the depth of mourning my dad, when I was in the depth of my grief. And that's where the real transformation had happened for me because once you can embrace like all of the emotions that society has deemed like bad or really dark or scary, um, that is also the extent of which you can embrace your lighter emotions, your joy, your sensual power, your radiance. And so through Mama Gina's work, um, she has this tool called swamping, which I now teach. And it is the act of deliberately going into your grief feeling your feelings and if that means that you end up in a heap on your floor with like a tissue my tissue box like completely empty like then you're doing it right because um <laughs> there's literally there is um so much wisdom and um and pleasure to be extracted from our grief it's like the degree that we can let it all out and feel those feelings and cry and empty the tissue box is also the degree in which you can feel this genuine genuine sense of joy and ecstasy and bliss so when i really gave myself permission to feel all of the pain that i had been avoiding um, about my dad's death and just about like all the other things that um, plague us as women as we walk through the world. I mean, just like really feeling into the pain and the heartbreak that I had for um, the lived experiences of my other sisters. Um, it really, really gave me access to my superpower, like straight through the pain on the other side of that is my superpower. And um, that's how my purpose has been birthed over the last three years. Yeah, it, it uh, it's seems to be such a common thread that our greatest struggle is like the curtain, the very thin curtain, you know, blocking us from our superpower. Um, the, the treasure we seek is in the work that we don't want to do or something like that, right? Um, yes. It's, it's so, it's so important to, to, to find that connection, you know, what, whatever you're avoiding doing, that's where, that's where your greatest, you know, overcoming your greatest obstacle is going to be. I was reading um, the, and listening to the work of Brene Brown um, back in 2018, which was about six months after I had uh, left my ex and I had a few months after I'd left him, it was like a five year long, very toxic relationship. Um, I left him and then I left Boston where I had been living for a few years and also knew would never be my forever home. Um, and I had been traveling for a few months, but it was during this month of at home rest and recovery and reflection of everything that I had taken in, everything that I had seen. 
that I really, you know, I was listening to Brene Brown's very powerful words about you can only, however much you allow yourself to be hurt, allow yourself to be vulnerable, that's the amount of love that you have. So if you're always holding on tight and waiting for the other shoe to drop, you're never fully letting yourself experience joy. You'll never fully experience the grief and then you'll never get to what's beneath all of that, what, what you're hiding behind your you know, your dimmed joy and grief, like you have to let yourself feel. And it comes very easy to me because I'm a very emotional person and always have been. And I know it's not so easy for a lot of people, but it is so important to get vulnerable and to, to really face all of it and to really let yourself reflect with it and feel it. You can't just numb that out because it will just haunt you forever. You'll never get through it until you go through it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful reflection. I'm so glad you shared that frame because it really is like the permission slip that you gave yourself to get messy with it and to not have it all together. There is so much empowerment and freedom in that simple act simply because we have been trained against that as a society. Like it's not acceptable for us to, you know, be messy or to, <laughs> to fall into a ball of tears in the middle of the grocery store. Like there's all this like social and cultural conditioning around um, emotions. And I think women are often taught that, you know, they're being too emotional or that um, they're too much and um, that their emotions are used against them. There's just like a lot of thickness um, thick heaviness in there that once we step in to kind of the driver's seat of our own like degree of unraveling and our own shedding and our own um, just unfurling it's actually a powerful place to be in like there um, it's almost like this like Kali like Ma in this Kali Ma energy that erupts from it, which is a super powerful and like devoted piece of your darkness and of the shadow that um, when, when you bring it forth, it, it rains like so powerfully and sacredly. It's, it's so, that's so, I mean, it all resonates with me deeply. I, I know that it wasn't until I started to really uncover you know, the, the pieces of me that I hated and, and couldn't forgive myself for hating, just hated myself for hating. And it was this like positive feedback loop of negativity um, and self-hatred. Uh, and I was so out of alignment with everything that I was doing. And it wasn't until I really accessed these fears and these vulnerabilities. Um, and it was so powerful. It was, you know, it was the, after that month of reflection that I started blogging for the first time. I started my Instagram mm -hmm. account, Liz Without a Pillow. And then, you know, six months later, I started this podcast. And similarly, it has been such a journey. It has been so, so powerful. Um, but I want to bring back to, um, you know, just what you were saying about the duality of, you know, the person that you were showing up as in the office and how that relates with, you know, this being trained against having emotions and and not being able to show up as yourself and how that little bit of showing up for yourself in the office building was like the start of it because little tiny baby steps towards your 
you know, your aligned self is the way that we do it, is the way that we, you know, we take down this whole transformation is little by little. So playing that music or listening to those talks or, you know, showing up for those those classes and those courses and those things that make you better, those little tiny things um, and really accessing that other side of you because we, we all have so many sides. Um, and I think it is becoming a little bit more acceptable socially, um, but empower when you see people doing this, empower them to continue support each other you guys this is this is really powerful real real magic stuff that that we have the access to absolutely there's so much power in women supporting women and um i i wrote a post about like jealousy especially around women because um i think that we have been trained to like go neck to neck with each other and um I, I feel like specifically around like jealousy and envy and like transmuting that into like, what if I think about that differently? What if like what that woman is doing is actually just being a wayfinder for what it is that I want for myself. And then there's like gratitude in that. And they're like, there's like this energy of like, yeah, she gets to do that. And I get to do that too. Um, and so stepping into the communities of sisterhood that I have have really, really propped me up to be able to take these radical acts of like pleasure, right? Like it's not easy to um, find pleasure in like when you're like steeped in the patriarchy and it's not easy to find pleasure um when everything around you feels really heavy and is rupturing and so um this self-responsibility in your own pleasure is was such a critical point that i learned um from from mama gina around um really taking that radical responsibility and at all costs putting that before everything else um, that was really the turning point. And there was this like magnetism that was born from that. There's this like radiance involved when a woman is living a life that she has conjured up and that she like deeply um, approves of for herself and uh, wants for herself, desires for herself. Approved isn't the right word, but like dreams of. Um, yeah. There's this huge magnetism for that manifesting it it reminds me of um a couple of months ago i read this book um love yourself like your life depends on it by kamal ravikant and i actually ended up doing a 30-day self-love or love yourself challenge around it based on the book um and he talks about there's this quote i wish i could i wish i could just remember every single quote that i love <laughs> verbatim but somewhere in the book he right said, <laughs> it would be these these pep talks would be much better i think but it's okay <laughs> um but he talks about he says something like um something magical happens when you start to love yourself everyone around you starts to love you too and you have to decide who gets your time because they love you so much and it's so true when you see your own worth 
it's literally like people are volleying for your attention because you're like, this is what's important to me and I will at all costs get it. And it attracts people who are attracted to that. And that's when you, that's when the right partner shows up for you. That's when the right opportunities show up for you because it is in alignment with what you want and what you are and what you, you know, what you deeply, exactly what you said, desire to show up as to the world. Yes, exactly. I think that desire, the word desire gets such a bad rap, but like really your desire is like that inkling of hope that you've had for your life that you thought like isn't your dream to have. And that's the way I felt for a long time around what exactly I'm doing now. Um, I thought that that's like the life of a blogger, like a famous influencer, celebrity, and couldn't possibly be mine. But as soon as I started getting crystal clear on my desires, it was like I got swooped into some sort of vortex where there was no option except for my dreams to be birthed and to, to come to life. And specifically around dating, like I decided to become a woman that doesn't need taken care of. I decided to become a woman that loved herself so incredibly much that she didn't need a man to love her. And that is when uh, my boyfriend now of two years walked into my life and um, he's been such a blessing. We have such a beautiful relationship. It's everything that I like had wanted for myself, but my like subconscious kind of, uh, my subconscious kind of desperation wasn't allowing myself to actually fulfill it because I didn't think I was worthy of it. I didn't think I was deserving of it. And then I started telling myself that I am because I have everything I need right now. Like I have all the love that I need right now from myself. And that's when this man swooped into my life and started to love me so deeply and so hard and made me feel so treasured. Um, and it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't spent like every morning, like meditating on like what I loved about myself and like taking baths, just like thinking about um, how sacred like this body and this vessel was. It was all kind of part of the process. And so, um, yeah, now my partner and I, we are, he owns a travel company. And so we traveled to nine countries in our first year together. And with the pandemic, um, we lived in Puerto Rico for half of the year. Um, and now we are road tripping across the country. We're in Colorado right now and heading to the Grand Canyon and Sedona. And so uh, it's been really beautiful to kind of like up level my own self growth by now having this partner and this relationship as a mirror for like my next level of transformation. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to like hold all of this goodness before I started doing the work with my grief, before I started doing the work to reconnect with my pleasure or to connect authentically with my pleasure for the first time in my life. Um, and I left my job. So I left Amazon just last month after nearly five years. Um, and I'm full time. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it feels really good. And it was, um, it was just, like I said, 
the dream and the desire, like it couldn't, it couldn't have been stopped. There was no stopping it. And so the inevitability of this moment just feels really, really aligned. Um, and as I go back to like that story about trying to move to London, like I, I can't even like conceive now how much I didn't pay attention to my pleasure, pay attention to my gut, pay attention to my inner knowing, to my womb, like all of the things that I've now tapped into as literally my sixth sense of how I like navigate the world, I just didn't have access to then. It's, I, I love that, how we navigate the world. It is, it's your sixth sense, it's your compass. When you were talking about, um, how desire gets a bad rap before. Um, and it's more of like it, like it is this inkling of hope. Um, and you were saying that it isn't your dream to have. That's exactly what I was thinking. Desire, it is your compass. And how many of us think that every day when we see some, like you were saying, some blogger, some influencer, some person who's traveling, some model, some famous person, and you're and and you're like, that's their life this is my life. This is my life is doing the dishes every day. I always say this, but we're going to be doing the dishes no matter where we live for the rest of our lives. But <laughs> this is my life. I get up and I go to this <laughs> and I go to this job and this is my relationship and I'm stuck here. But your desire is a compass and like your emotions are like signals. Like, so when something is making you anxious, that's a sign that that you know if you're getting that anxiety every day listen listen to those signs those signs are there for a reason it is your body it is your desire it is your alignment those are the signs pointing you in the direction and we so often don't want to listen or we're not ready you know we are not the student until we're ready for the teacher we're not ready for the lesson until we're ready for it until we've made those mistakes. But I, I love so much of your story. It is, it is so relatable, but it's so empowering too, because like you are on the other side, but you're, you're only just beginning because you only just left Amazon. Um, it's, it's super awesome. And I'm, I'm loving every, every minute of it. Um, but I do want to hear a little bit more about kind of how you did this work around grief and, and how you figured out that that was what you needed to do and, and how you did it kind of, because I think that grief you know i i i learned through the work of brene brown you know she makes this analogy of what do you think would happen to a family if you know 20 years ago they uh they lost one brother or they they lost a child and then um 10 years later they lost a brand new baby um they and then they were twins and they lost the second twin too um and she's making this analogy as a as the united states so we first sent off you know all our soldiers soldiers to war and then 9 11 happened and we kind of never really grieved it fully and we never really like figured it out and and fully accessed it and it's like such a powerful analogy again wish i could say it verbatim <laughs> but i kind of got the gist of it um but it's like it's this it's this really powerful analogy that we as a country have gone through this traumatic experience like how do we think that we would trust our neighbor how do we think that we would trust you know foreign countries like we we are so lacking as a whole, as an entire planet, not just the US, on how to be compassionate towards ourselves and thus towards others. Um, 
And so it's, it's work that everybody needs to do, whether you're aware of your trauma or not, whether it's still kind of deep in the depths of your memory, it's there. And, and I think that this is work that could be related to literally everybody everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that um, with that example that you shared about all imagining all the grief in, in your life, I think that where I was spending my energy was in talk therapy, um, which is great and has so many incredible um, uses. But what I really came to understand about my grief was that it was so much deeper. Like the grief cannot be fully addressed by the cognitive functions of our brain. It's in the deep inner workings of our body um, and we have to access it through movement and through the body and through this deep surrender to allow our cortical control to come down so that we can actually take a look of what's inside. I know for me, like I was just like a locked box, like zipped up to the top of my head around grief. And I was so afraid to even run an inch because my body wanted to just unravel. My body wanted to collapse. My body wanted to cry and scream and howl. But my brain was like, oh no, that's wrong. Like that's, you know, unruly. And so when I actually gave my body the permission to unravel, there's like this moment in the depth of it. And it's interesting what we were talking about before, like going to the places that scare us because my mom wrote journals to me every year of my life growing up. And when she started, when I was a baby, she didn't know that her husband was gonna die. And so she gifted me these journals and I've always avoided the fourth journal because I knew in those pages would be the story of me experiencing my dad death and there was one night in my apartment where I just bolted to that exact page because I was ready to face it and I howled and I cried and I moaned and I like just fully allowed the tears to flow and when you allow that emotion to encapsulate your entire body, you have such a greater sense of feeling in that moment. There's like a true feeling of like your body, your soul, like your entire aura. And in the depth of that, if you make the decision to do just a few hip circles or to move your body in a way that brings just an drop of turn on and a drop of sensuality, then what you're doing is taking all of those raw emotions of grief and anger and frustration and alchemizing it into pleasure. And so that's what I teach. That's what got me to where I am today. And I think that when you talk about like as a country, how we move through this, I think that everyone needs to really develop their own relationship with death or with the grief or with the anger, like whatever it is that's really creating that stuckness um, because it's so inevitable. Like we will have grief. We'll have immense grief in our lives. We will have so much anger and frustration. We'll have heartbreak. We'll have devastation. And so if you have the tools and you work the tools, um, then you're, you're meeting that energy with, um, 
with so much compassion, as you said, and so much freedom and liberation. And most of like the reasons that I think that we are in such, such a stuck place right now as a country is because of shame and because we aren't letting ourselves feel the shame or be vulnerable to the shame. So, um, and that's like interchangeable for grief, rage, like all of those feelings, if we're not giving ourselves access to them, um, then pleasure feels really far. And I, I know from experience, like there's just this numb stuckness kind of lost feeling and you're like grasping, wanting to grasp for pleasure, but it's like slipping out of your hands left and right. So um, that relationship that we have with our dark side, with the dark things that will inevitably come into our lives is so important. And um, really looking at like what needs to be shed, like what is in the death and dying off cycle and process and um, you know, what needs, what is going to be birthed out of that is, is such a beautiful, beautiful piece. It happens all around us. It happens with the seasons. I could go on and on, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I can go on about so many things that it like brought up for me. Um, but I, 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 I really want to dive more in on this. Um, so you said that, you know, we each need to develop our own kind of relationship with, with our anger and with our grief and with our stuckness. Um, and you gave one example of, um, of, of hip circles. Can you explain? I know it's hard like over a podcast, but what do you mean by that? Just kind of like swaying dancing? Yeah. So really like asking like your hips, like what do your hips have to say about this immense grief or tragedy or rage in your life? And so when I teach these um, workshops, these swamping workshops, we play some music that um, I recommend doing all of this to music. So we play some music that are has really like angry tones and really rageful music. And then we play some sad music and really get into our grief. And then we turn it on. And so we'll bring in um, like some Beyonce, like Six Inch Heels or um, her Crazy in Love remix. And we take all of the energy of the rage, all of the energy of the grief, everything that has been felt in the workshop and we bring it into our sense of turn on. And so when you're bringing all of you, there's this energy behind your turn on that is like pure power. It's like this renewable energy. You, in my experience, I've literally felt my greatest senses of liberation and freedom and like my divine feminine power when I have embraced all of the, fear, all of the shame, all of the anger, all of the grief, and then just slowly began to move my hips, to put my hands on my body, to trace my hands over my breast and like feel myself, feel myself in all of the fullness of this range that is like the beauty of being a woman. Like we were given this range for a reason and it's just our culture and our society that has shut down part of it from being okay. But when we accept it and bring it in and then put an amazing piece of music on that we feel really delicious moving to, there's a different energy there. Um, there is a huge capacity for, for power and for pleasure and for transmuting whatever you feel is keeping you down into your purpose, into your superpower. And so that's what I've done with my dad, with his, his death and the grief that has 
um, struck my life because of it. And that's what I teach in my coaching of taking people through the same exact journey and working these tools. Um, and it's so liberating. It's so liberating. Yeah, it is. You know, there's something about dance that just like, no matter what, a, how good of a dancer you are, it doesn't really matter. It takes you out of your head and you can't pretend to be cool because you got to just dance. You got to just feel the music or feel mm -hmm. yourself. It's funny. Um, literally last night I was um, kind of deleting old pictures and videos off my phone just to get rid of some of the crap that I have because there's just so much junk on it and I needed to like speed things up a little bit with my phone. So I started going through some old videos and I was writing down any like, um, you know, Instagram videos that I ended up not using and things like that. Things that kind of like never made it to my notes for future episodes. And there's a video of me last summer before I met my now fiance um, and, or right after I'd met him before we started dating. And I was, I remember having a, a hard night and I had just gotten home like a, you know, one of those just like heavy nights, nothing actually really happened, but it like feels really heavy. And I'd gotten home and I wanted to get myself out of this funk. And I just started dancing and I literally have a, a selfie video of me dancing with no music on, on my phone. And I remember and the reason that I saved the video after was because I remember how empowering it was and how much better I felt after forcing myself to dance like and it really wasn't a force it was just like this intuitive knowing of like I need to get out of my head what is happening right now and just like got into my body and I like you know I'll never say I'm a great dancer but it felt so good and it's it's like such a sweet video I'm like I will save this yet again and maybe eventually I'll post it <laughs> but it's like you have to get out of that cool uh, I'm too cool to have feelings and you have to like face that vulnerability to dance and you have to like like show up fully and it's so incredible what you feel when there's movement attached to it. I've always felt that same way about, you know, having a conversation while walking, um, like that my brain just functions better and my chemicals are more balanced. Like I feel in every way better when I'm moving. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so much to this. I, I'm so excited and intrigued about this process. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because I do believe that our connection to something greater than us, our connection to what we feel is holy, to what we feel is divine, is through the body and it's through movement and it's through dance. And I'm so glad that you said that, you know, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be clumsy. Like it might not be this like cool girl kind of um, <laughs> hope that you've had for yourself of what you see on like TikTok after that person's practiced it a thousand times. It's going to be raw. It's going to be messy. Um, but just giving yourself permission to not care and to turn off the lights so like you don't even see yourself, right? Like just to like feel it through the body. I do believe that that is my connection to like something that is greater than me too. And there's so much power in that. I'm so glad you saved that video. That's like a really gorgeous treasure from that specific moment in time. Yeah, it's a it's a great memory too, because I do remember it more because there was a picture of like or a video. I'm I'm sure, you know, that moment has happened at some point other than this in my transformation, but I never saved the video, you know, because we we get it, we get back into our heads after the fact. 
Um, but it's, uh, it's like what you said about that, you know, attracting and that magnetism, like when you get out of your head and you feel yourself and you feel sexy and you get into your body, you then attract, it doesn't matter if you're a good dancer, you attract people who want to see the real you and you attract the person who is right for you and the people who are right for you, your whole tribe, not just in your relationship, but in every walk of life, like you you become this this magnet of attraction and of confidence and and it's a whole energy and it's it's a really cool and powerful thing to kind of step into that divine feminine through the body i i love this yes absolutely it is such a treasure and um i completely i couldn't agree more um and i think that that's what so many women are wanting and like hoping for themselves and a lot of my clients come to me like with this desire to just like be on a dance floor with their friends and like feel sexy and like not be distracted by like oh is that person looking at me or not but just to be like fully present in their body and um to just fully embody their radiance without any external factors and just to like really feel home and whole um, on our own and like I will just say like it's hard to do that right like especially in this year like there's a lot uh working against a woman feeling into her full sensual power into her full sexual power and her radiance and um and so I, I just want to like offer that compassion as well that like it's not a snap your fingers type of thing and um, there's these little things that we can do along the way through dance through like feeling our feelings through music through anything that like brings you pleasure it could be baths or being out in nature like there's so many ways to just put your pleasure agenda before everything else and it's like the aggregation of all of that that really becomes transformative and um, allows you to look back and be like oh my gosh i don't know how i got from like that trapped woman that i was three years ago and now feel this sense of like expansiveness and um, liberation but, but it, it's just all those little things and it's the practice and it's like the tools that we work that um, are really really powerful and aggregate it is it is so incredible and how it is just it's a daily practice you know and and like anything else like um you know reconnecting with your pleasure or with your grief in order to feel more it, it's the same as like you know how learning is not one size fits all how exercise is not one size fits all every single thing that we have to deal with as humans and we have to grow through in in this earthly existence is going to be different for each individual person um your journey has been so beautiful and i hope that this you know helps to inspire lots of women um who have heard this we're gonna wrap it up here soon um but i kind of want to ask just like final thoughts maybe a great life lesson um before i ask you for all where everyone can find you and all that yeah yeah Oh, great life lesson. I'm literally looking at this wall of post-its because um, I think that it's, like you said, I wish I could remember all the amazing quotes that I've heard. <laughs> I try to, <laughs> I try to get through, through um, post-its. And so I'll share like one tool that I feel like is 
been really helpful to me, which is permission to have a temper tantrum. I give myself three minutes a day to have a full on temper tantrum. And I put a timer on and I get into my pouty cranky self when I like, just don't want to do the day. Like sometimes I still wake up cranky and I just know how to work these tools. And so I let myself scream and punch my pillows and throw shit and just like really like feel into that three-year-old version of myself that had a temper tantrum when they didn't get the candy bar that they wanted or whatever the, the story might be. But I'd say just giving yourself permission to have a temper tantrum can be such a, can be such a powerful thing. And you can do this um, like in the work, the stall at work too. just do it with like a silent scream. And, you know, like you can really do it anywhere. Um, you can scream into a pillow and there's so many different ways to allow yourself that to take up space for like that cranky part of yourself, the one who's pissed off and frustrated and doesn't want to show up today because of all of the powers that be that that are whatever the circumstance might be. Um, but just giving yourself the permission to go there can be um, a really, really empowering piece to your own emotional liberation and to your own emotional empowerment. Um, again, it's just embracing that darkness, that those dark emotions. Amazing. I love that. And I'm definitely going to use that. I, I, I thought it was like something, you know, that, you know, once a, once a week or twice a month, I would allow myself to just like have a good cry, like do something intentionally to make me cry. But I think I could use it daily. Sometimes I'm like biting my tongue, like that really wasn't something to be upset about. I don't need to be upset about this. And then it comes out, you know, later that week <laughs> in some other way. So I really like that. And I'm, I'm definitely going to adopt that. I love that practice so much. Um, Sarah, thank you so much. This was such an incredible chat. Um, like you said earlier, I do feel like I'm just catching up with an old friend. This was just flowed so wonderfully. I loved every single topic that we touched on. Um, and I hope that anybody out there who is dealing with grief, who is looking, you know, who maybe wasn't looking for any help with this, but now is realizing that they want to access these emotions. Um, I hope that they reach out to you. I hope that this inspires other women, regardless if they reach out to you, because your story is incredibly powerful. Um, and you are a force and I know you're going to accomplish whatever dreams you have still up your sleeve. Um, I am so excited to be any small part of your journey whatsoever. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so, so honored to connect with you today. And I think you make such a great point. Like grief comes in so many flavors. You might not, not even know to name it, but it could be the loss of a person, the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, or just like this collective grief that we're all feeling, but it feels like kind of slippery. Um, I think that grief is a little bit sneaky in that way and how it can show up in your life. And so um, I would definitely invite you in. Um, if the temper tantrum is interesting to you, then I would definitely invite you to go to my website because I have a guided swamping um, swamping session on there where it's essentially a temper tantrum. That's what the swamp is. Um, but I have a, a guided video on there that you can um, you can download and you can um, 
you know, be guided through all the different flavors of rage and grief and shame and frustration. And we do it to music and um, then we get into our power, our pleasure, our turn on. So definitely check that out if you're feeling connected to the permission to temper tantrum. Awesome. I love a good free resource. So where can everybody find you? Yeah, sarahchizik.com, S-A-R-A-C-H-I-Z-E-K.com. Um, you can sign up for my emails. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Sarah, the Sarah Chizik is my handle. Um, and I also have this amazing Facebook group with 300 women. It's called the Women's Swamping Circle. And it's, um, it's literally a group of women where we go in and we feel our feelings and we share them and we just witness each other in them. Um, and it's really, really powerful to have a, that community that we were talking about before, where like they meet you on the hard days, they meet you when like life seems really messed up in that moment. And um, there's just a lot of support and witnessing, like we don't coach you, we don't fix you, we just like see you and hear your pain. And it's, um, it's a really beautiful community that was born from like nothing just a couple of months ago and now um, there's over 300 women and it's a really safe and sacred container that I'm really grateful to lead. Yeah, just to be able to just share openly to a community is it's such an incredible gift. Um, so thank you so much uh, for that gift, um, for the resources where everyone can find you, your Instagram page, that website. Um, I will definitely be sharing this with friends who I know um, are dealing with any kind of trauma because this is impactful, impactful work you're doing. Um, Sarah, thank you again so much and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Liz. It's been such an honor. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation and definitely like old friends catching up. So thank you. And thank you to all of your listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz without a pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.